Hello, welcome to Sideline Story, a podcast all about sports and sports stories behind the scene. I'm Yang Guang, and joining us here are Brandon Gates and Fu Yu. The new season of the Chinese Super League is underway in three host cities after financial woes largely affected CSL teams, leading to the departure of star players and even the folding of some of the clubs. The league still expanded to 18 teams in a move to attract more fans. To China's top-tier league action, today we will look into the new season of the CSL and share our anticipations on the players and teams. Stay tuned. Well, it's been a week since the 2022 to 23 season of the Chinese Super League kicked off in Meizhou, Haikou, and Dalian. Much of the attention has been on defending champions Shandong Taishan. They eked out a one-nil win over newly promoted Zhejiang FC in the season opener, and then slipped to a shocking four-one defeat to Henan Songshan Longmen. Brandon, how do you find the first two games of the defending champions? I think it's been a little bit troublesome for、um, their fans and for the team as well because yes, like you said, they did earn a, a win in their first game, but it was against a newly promoted side, so that's not too much to be excited about. And then, of course, they su- suffered that four-one loss recently, and in both games they also、uh, suffered two red cards. So it seems like、um, they're going to be suffering from discipline issues at this point in time. So. Look, it's early on in the season, and things could turn around. And of course, they are the defending champions, so I'm sure they still have plenty of quality in their side, and they can turn things around. And it hasn't been disastrous because you know it's one win, one loss. It's not the best start, but it's not a terrible start、mm-hmm. either. But it definitely seems like they're going to need to sort out their disciplinary issues very soon, and they also need to improve on their goal scoring as well because. Two goals in their first two games from the defending champions is not impressive at all. So I think there's a lot of work to be done if they want to retain their title this season.、Mm-hmm. Shandong underwent a tough off-season with the scandals within the team that、um, head coach Hao Wei requested bribery from players on playing opportunities. Took advantage of his position to let his son, who is also a player, have more appearances on the pitch. Regardless of his uh, capabilities, um, these accusations from a former team principal and a former player of Shandong Taishan quite embarrassed the club,、uh, which has yet to make a response. For you, do you think amid these scandals off the field, Shandong Taishan still have a big chance of defending their title? Um, firstly, I think as a professional football team in China's top tier. Um, Shandong Taishan, the whole team, its coaching staff and its players should be able to get past this and focus their attention on what's happening on the pitch. And、um, this is only the beginning of the season; it's the first phase. And a week in, it's early to say who will be the winners. But it looks like Shandong will have a long and tough season to defend their title. Um, apart from them, a few teams that I'm going to look out for include last season's runner, runners-up Shanghai Port, which、mm-hmm. I think will be strong challengers for the title this season. Although Shanghai opened the season with two defeats, they are one of the big spending teams this season.、Um, big spending here by Chinese Super League standards today 
uh, definitely not compared with what teams are offering a few years ago. Um, Shanghai acquired some new players that include Zhang Linpeng and Xu Xin on the national team. Mm-hmm. And Shanghai Port have got the most star-studded lineup among all CSL teams. They've still got Oscar, who's leading several other foreign players, and they have eight players on the national team. That's definitely a star squad. Um, although China's national team, a men's football team, don't do that well internationally, those are still the best players on their positions in China. Um, so that's especially important now as the Chinese Super League shifts to a more down-to-earth approach with a focus on nurturing and inspiring young talents for the future of China's football. It does look less glamorous without general sponsors and top-earning players, but I think it's a good thing for the sport in the long term because football enjoys so much support in China, but it hasn't really found its path. Um, it's about time for Chinese football to develop its own characteristics and for Chinese fans to have their unique culture. I keep complaining that there's no real football culture in China apart from fans insulting each other when they're, uh, when, when they're playing in the home and away format. And the few foreign players that the CSL has still got can still be very helpful, but they, uh, they can only prove their worth if they are with a good team. They make a good team better by having a strong team to work with. So at the, uh, so at the heart of the problem or uh, its solution, it's still local players who can carry the hope for the sport. So I, I have a lot of hopes for the young players, especially those born after 2000 uh, for this season. A lot of them are still new to me, and I can't name all of them at the moment. But I hope they will bring some new hope uh, and inject some new energy into the future of Chinese football. Mm-hmm. There are so many drastic changes going on in the Chinese Super League, including the title contention. It's completely different from what was um, three or four years ago. Well, I agree with you for you that Shandong may have some affairs to handle off the field, but um, as one of the teams that were not hugely impacted financially, they still have a strong and stable lineup um, with the likes of Moises um, Sun Jin Ho and national team member Jin Jin Dao. Don't forget their biggest star, Marwana Fellaini, is still unavailable now due to injury. Um, his return in the near future would definitely further strengthen the team's depth. But I also believe their path to retain the title would not be comfortable as there are so many challenges uh, who would not make it easy for Shandong. Brandon, what are the teams you think have the potential to challenge them? For you, just name one. Yeah, I think that's one team that could do potentially well. And there's a couple of teams that have, um, you know, started the season off with two wins um, from two games and have been mm-hmm. scoring a couple of goals. I mean, if you look at the likes of uh, Wuhan Three Towns and Shenzhen FC, so there's a couple of, and of course the defending champions, there's a couple of teams that could be challenging for the title this year. It is very early days on in the season. So I think, um, you know, time will tell. And of course, there's a couple of, like you mentioned, star players that are injured. There's some teams that are dealing with 
off the field issues and you know trying to bring players back into China and um, you know there's various uh, factors that are affecting different teams. But as things stand, there isn't there hasn't really been a, a, a solitary standout team at the moment after two games. I would say there's been four or five teams that are looking quite good at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I think that bodes well for the season ahead. That's it should be quite a competitive season because it doesn't look like there's only one or two teams that are going to dominate. So. I think it could be an open season, and I think for just football fans in general, it could be very exciting to watch the CSL this season because at this point in time, that may change in a couple of weeks, but at this point in time, it looks like four or five or even six teams could potentially challenge for the title. So it should be very interesting to watch as the season progresses. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, last season's Chinese Super League calendar was largely interrupted by the national team's World Cup qualification campaign. Um, the domestic league action had to give way every time it overlaps Team China's games. It was basically a fragmented season, and uh, top Chinese players focused more on World Cup qualifiers than national duties. Eventually, China failed on a berth in Qatar 2022, which means now the national team players need to concentrate to club-level matches. For the new season, we have seen some shiny individual performances by Chinese players. For example,、um, Changchun Yatai veteran Tang Long made a hat trick in the game against、uh, Guangzhou City, becoming the 17th Chinese player to score three goals in a single CSL game and the first domestic player in three years to achieve that feat.、Uh, Chinese players also scored some beautiful goals in the early stage of the league action in Beijing Guan's game against、uh, Chengdu Rongcheng. Beijing forward Zhang Yunin hammered a 30-meter-long free kick into the net. Dalian Pro rising star Ling Liangmin also scored a stunning Slatan Ibrahimovic-style goal with a backheel play during the game with Henan. These are some highlighting performances from. Chinese players, for you, with national team players now back to CSL action, which Chinese players should fans keep an eye on? Um, like I mentioned, a lot of people, including myself, have their eyes set on young players,、mm-hmm. uh, particularly those born in the two thousands. There are over a hundred of them, and many of them hadn't even played in the top tier before this season.、Um, take Beijing Guan as an example, because they are my home team and the、mm-hmm. team I'm most familiar with. They have nine players this season that are born after two thousand.、Um, some of them, such as、uh, Liang Xiaowen and Li Boxi, have already earned the first team call up last season, and now they are officially part of the regular squad. So this season they'll have a bigger stage to grow and prove themselves.、Um, also at Beijing Guan, I'll keep an eye out for naturalized players Li Ke and Hou Yongyong.、Mm-hmm. They're both back after an extended period of injuries.、Um, people had high hopes for them when they first signed for Guan in 2019, but they haven't really made that big of an impact because of injuries. And this season, with a lot of young players around them, as well as some of the old teammates, hopefully they can surprise us. Even though many foreign players, especially some stars, have left China after many clubs reported financial struggle, there are still some big names remaining in the Super League. Shanghai Port captain Oscar 
Shandong's Fellaini, Shenzhen's Ghana striker Frank Archiampo, and、uh, Shanghai Port's Aaron Moi from Australia are all big names to watch this season. Shanghai Port also secured a new signing, 26-year-old Senegalese striker Sharif Ndiaye, who will bring more firepower for Shanghai this season. Brendan,、um, which foreign players are on your radar that you think would have great impact this season? I think all of the ones that you've mentioned are the biggest stars. Of course, <laughs> I think we still haven't seen a lot of them play. We haven't seen、uh, Fellaini play yet. We haven't seen Oscar play yet. And I think Aaron Moy is someone that comes, you know, with a big reputation from England, and you know, the Australian has had quite an impact、uh, so far. And、um, there are a couple of foreign players that have left, but those are a couple of the ones that are currently there that you know should have a big impact later on in the season. Um, and then I would say maybe the biggest signing of the year for the defending champions, the Brazilian Crisan,、um, who joined from、mm-hmm. Santa Clara. He should be quite an exciting addition to the team.、Um, so I think that he's someone that could potentially、um, bolster that team's, you know, push for to defend to defend their title. Of course,、um, Shandong Taishan. I mean.、Um, so I think that would be the foreign player that's coming in that I'm.、Um, Thinking will have the biggest impact, along with the the players that you already mentioned there. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of an impact the the foreign import players will have. But like Fuyu and yourself have been saying, I think that we'll be also hoping that most of the the Chinese players and you know up and coming Chinese players and of course current internationals will have a major impact on their teams this season.、Mm-hmm. Just、uh, four or five years ago, Chinese Super League was a league full of big names:、um, Tevez, Carrasco.、Mm. Compared with、um, years back, now it looks like the Chinese Super League is less star-studded. But that could potentially be a good thing, you know. I think,、um, of course, there's been a lot of financial troubles with a lot of the teams, and I think that's resulted in a lot of the. Overly, I would say, overly paid、um, foreign international players that have now left these clubs, and I think that's、mm-hmm. given the clubs and a lot of young players, like Fuyu was saying, you know, that were born after the 2000s, an opportunity to have their chance and playing at the top level in the Chinese Super League. So, you know, of course, in terms of getting international recognition and getting fans from all over the world to watch the league, of course, they'll want to see, you know, star names that everyone recognizes. But in terms of bolstering the Chinese national team and also creating careers for young Chinese talents, I think the fact that there are less foreign players this season, I think it's actually going to be a good thing for the clubs. I think it's going to be a good thing for the Chinese national team, and I also think it's going to create a lot of new local stars、um, that Chinese fans can look forward to watching. So. It, you know, of course, there are the financial woes, and, and no one likes to see superstar players leave their league. But you know, to look at it from a positive light, I think there are a lot of positives that could potentially、um, have an impact on various factors, including the Chinese Super League itself and, of course, the national team. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see what impact local players will have、um, this season in their teams in the CSL, but also in their transition into the national team.、Mm-hmm. Certainly, local players will have more chances. 
to perform on the pitch this season after so many big names departed from China. Um, and a part of that reason is because of the financial problems. As we said, financial issues have plagued some teams in the past, especially these two years. Zhang Susuning embarrassingly terminated the operation after winning the CSL title in 2020 because of the financial troubles. Chongqing became the latest casualty to quit the top flight, also due to financial reasons. Eight-time champion Guangzhou FC now sits at the bottom of the table because many key players left the team with salary problems.、Um, Brandon, what do you think has caused these problems, and、uh, what potential solutions exist to avoid this going forward? I think there's various factors. You know, I think, of course, bringing in these、uh, foreign players that are getting paid absolutely ridiculous、uh, weekly wages. I think that puts massive financial strains on、uh, numerous clubs. No matter how you know wealthy the owners are, I think paying those and committing to those weekly wages is an extremely difficult task that maybe some clubs and owners were not used to. And then, of course, you know, COVID nineteen with all of the lockdowns and not being able to have fans in the stadiums. I think that's also put massive pressure on many clubs, and、um, it's also led to the shutdown of many clubs, not just in China but around the world. So I think those factors、um, have led to massive financial issues for various clubs. And just in terms of solutions, I think you know maybe clubs need to get together and kind of discuss putting limits on the amount of weekly wages that they can pay、uh, certain players. Maybe wage caps will help certain clubs,、um, you know, not fall into financial stress. And then hopefully,、um, getting fans back into the stadium soon will also、um, generate some income for clubs. And then hopefully, you know, the income of sponsorship money and television rights. Hopefully, all of that will also come in the the, the coming season. You, you know, getting these massively overpaid players off some of their books. I think that will benefit many clubs. You know, bringing in、um, local talent and paying them. You know. Of course, paying them their wages, but not ridiculous wages. I think that、mm-hmm. can also take the pressure off some some、um, a lot of clubs. So hopefully, as we move out of COVID nineteen and move out of lockdowns and have fans back in the stadiums and have you know players that are getting paid you know relatively affordable wages, I think hopefully all of those factors and many more factors will help clubs、um, you know survive as the season progresses.、Mm-hmm. Yes,、um, Fu Yu, I guess you know the situation. Most、um, teams that、um, even folded or had financial struggles, their owners have、uh, real estate backgrounds. These years, Chinese companies in this industry have met some difficulties, and、uh, football suddenly became a game that they cannot afford. Some people call it dark days for Chinese football, but、um, do you think there's still some silver lining left? With the current situation, yes, definitely.、Um, first of all, I agree with what Brandon just said. I also think part of the reason that so many clubs in China are having financial troubles is because of the explosive growth the Chinese Super League experienced over the past few seasons, and、um, actually. Uh, uh, the departure of a few superstar players can be a can be good news for some of the teams. For example, this season,、um, if I'm correct, there are four teams that are competing with an all Chinese squad, and they include Guangzhou FC.
Um, mm-hmm. These teams may not be the most competitive in the league. They may even be favorites for relegation for some people. But at least they are brave enough to make that first step. And after the Chinese football, the professional football league completes that transition after they get rid of their dependence on world-class superstar players and develop its own style. I think these teams will, again, be the front runners of domestic football. And we may see Guangzhou emerge as record holders once again, like they did when they won so many Super League titles in a row. They also have two Asian Champions League titles under their belt. Apart from supporting my home team, Beijing, I'm also waiting for uh, Guangzhou to come back. The players, to put that into perspective, the expensive players, uh, you've already named some of them, including Oscar Fellaini, Polinio, they are very high maintenance. For example, Oscar is said to be the most expensive and highest paid player in CSL history. Mm-hmm. He is making a whopping 26 million euros annually at Shanghai Port. Mm. And that ranks him among the top 10 highest earning football players in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is not even affected by the salary cap set by China's Football Association because he signed the contract. The details were finalized before the reform. Mm-hmm. So he's one of the examples where teams are paying their players so much that they can't afford to compete or to travel. And uh, apart from the players, Chinese clubs were also very generous with coaches, such as in the past few seasons, Marcello Lippi and Fabio Cannavaro. Um, Such people tip the club's financial balance. And again, with COVID-19, sponsors' decisions and new rules from the football authorities Um, some of the investors withdrew or reduced their investment in football clubs. I don't think it's so much as uh, what you said, that they can't afford football. They can still um, afford to buy these players or support the football clubs, but their, their weight or their attention has shifted away from competition. So uh, that's part of the reason why there's, less investment into the sport. Mm -hmm. Um, And because of a lack of funds, many teams were struggling to pay their staff or even find the money just to cover travel and accommodation costs. And that is definitely not a healthy way for football to develop in China. Uh, Of course, I am no financial expert and Mm -hmm. I, I don't have a good suggestion for these clubs to get out of their trouble. But the football association in China is limiting spending and um, putting salary caps with the aim to alleviate the club's financial burdens. Uh, Is also pushing reforms for clubs to have more long-term and consistent investors. So instead of having mega uh, a mega amount of money pouring in, they all have a steady source of funds to support their matches. Uh, the process will likely take some time and clubs may have to live with survival mode for a while, but the a big investments won't be there forever. So it's a good idea to adapt to the new mode and begin to change as early as possible. Mm-hmm. Certainly, it's a transition period for the Chinese Super League to proceed. 
um, as you said, there are teams that uh, still have um, highly paid players like Oscar, and some some of the teams have all Chinese squads. I guess um, that the playing field will become fairer in the following years after the regulations are taking ground for the teams and the players. Um, the Chinese Super League is one of the few professional sports leagues that are still in action in China these years. It's also the biggest sports brand of the country, although we've seen some turbulent years of Chinese football with the scandals, financial troubles and the pandemic disruptions. What matters most is that it's still going on and generating some exciting games and moments for us fans. Maybe this year would mark a rebirth for Chinese football. Without financial argues, perhaps it's time for players to play pure football and return to the passion of the sport. Okay, with that, we will wrap up this episode of Sideline Story. For more information, you can also check our website, radio.cgtn.com. See you next time at Sideline Story. <laughs>